Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nordic and Mark podcast. I'm your host, Nordic97, aka Nordic97 on YouTube. I mean, no, no, dumb Nordic97 on YouTube, aka, by the way, <laughs> yeah, aka. And I'm at Nordic97 on TikTok. I am joined here with Marcus, aka at Marcuzzi underscore, underscore. On, on TikTok. I don't think he's on anything else. So, um, we got a YouTube, we got a, we got an Instagram, it's everywhere, but. I'm here with you, man. You are you are the guy who knows hockey more than anybody else on the planet. I mean, your videos are awesome. I watch them. I watch them occasionally, occasionally. But you know your stuff. So let's get right into it. What do we got on the table? Thank you. All right. So today's podcast is going to consist of not too much because it is the opening podcast. Um, we are going to talk about all the playoff series in round number two. We'll discuss the draft lottery and if we come up with anything else throughout the way, uh, we'll get into that as well. So. Let's start off with the Bruins and the Islanders playoff series. Now, Marcus, since you're a Bruins fan. I know too much about it. (laughs) Way too much about it. I've been watching. I've watched every single second, okay, of every single game so far. And I will be honest with you. I'm scared of the Islanders. All right? We're up to one right now. And, yes, we're playing tonight. And I don't know how the outcome is going to be. But it is is scary when the Islanders have a three-man forecheck. The three-man forecheck scares me. You want to know why? Because our defense chokes. They don't know what to do. We're small and susceptible to the forecheck. Guys like Brandon Carlo, he's not small. But what was it, Cal Clutterbuck? Clutterbuck got the hit? I think it was Clutterbuck, yes. I mean, Carlo's okay. I think he's out tonight. But that's still – we can't let that happen. And I think that's the scariest part of the Islanders. Obviously, I think the the Bruins are way more talented. Obviously, but the Islanders are gritty. Okay, and that's how they went. Is gritty. Yeah. You can't let them get in your heads. And this four check is getting in the Bruins defensive heads, especially considering how young we are. Mm-hmm. So we need we need to control the pace of the game. We control it offensively. The offensive the offensive zone, the Islanders are too slow for us. But Varlamov, man. And that dude is a brick. Whoa. I know. Like I'm watching the games and he's making saves like like crazy. Like all the games have been very close. Let me tell you something, right? When Brad Marchand finds David Poshok on the wing, that puck is going in. It didn't go in, Nordic. I know. Evan, yeah. It didn't go in. He goes blocker. Goodbye. And I'm just hearing the NBC announcers like, oh my God, Varlama. Oh my God. <laughs> Shut up. We get it. Tukes is just as good. And I'm a Tuka hater, but he's been all right. He's been all yeah, right. Yeah, he's been good. good. And, like, I mean, Varlamov's done a very good job with shutting down guys like Pasta and Marshawn. Because I remember back in the playoffs, even last year, and even this year, too, whenever they're on that power play, Pasternak's always open on that one side. Marshawn throws a pass. Pasternak lasers it, and it usually goes in. Like, you know it's going usually. in. Because Poshnok is found, and he's got – if without Bergeron and Martian, like, what would Poshnok be? I don't care what anybody yeah, else says. He'll probably garbage. But, but the Islanders, man, they're scary. So, you, it's it's probably going to go to seven games. I'm saying it right now. I'm not going to say who's winning. I'd prefer if uh, this team won, right? But, I mean, but if you think about it, look who we have to play if we win. Yeah, we – the winner of Carolina and Tampa, which speaking no, no, of... No, 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 no. Not the winner of Carolina and Tampa. The Tampa Bay Lightning. No way Carolina's coming out of that series. I'm saying it right now. No way. 
I can't I can't stress it enough. You're wearing the the champions hat. Be the thunder. They're gonna be the thunder and destroy whoever opposes them. The 17 million dollars in debt in the cap space. They have no F's left to give. This is it. This is the dynasty. And then they're just going to be a lottery team for the next 15 years. Yep. Absolutely. And I just got a notification. They just scored to make it six to four. Wait, they're playing now? Oh my God. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be like a five game series. Also that stadium is not loud at all. That's a free for all. Cause all the freaking rich hockey Hockey fans, they go down in summer in Tampa and look, they're in the playoffs. So let's go to Amali Arena. And they're not even like a Tampa Bay fan. They're just sitting there with the clappers. And then like when something good happens, they're like, where's the passion? Like the, I've noticed it like almost every single arena is louder except for the Canadian arenas. Like the, the hurricanes compared to Tampa, like, oh when, my God, compare game two to game three. Game two was incredibly loud. Like, I, I, I could hear the fans all the time. Game it's three, always. it sounded like it was an empty arena. Almost. Because none of them because none of them are actually, like, Tampa fans. Nobody from Tampa's going to cheer for hockey. Everybody, Everybody's going to cheer for the Buccaneers. Everyone's going to cheer for the Miami Heat. Or, actually, the Heat suck. We're not going to go into basketball because I will rant about it. But let's go to the West. Who will oppose the Tampa Bay Lightning when they make it to the Stanley Cup final? Um, well, that is between either Colorado, Vegas, Montreal, or Winnipeg. So we'll go into the Colorado-Vegas series, which after the first two games, you would have said Colorado yeah, four. this is probably going to be Colorado in four. But after game three, we might have ourselves a series. Listen, it's, a, it's kind of a home game thing for both of these teams. They thrive when their fans back them. But the thing is, is like we, I mean, Vegas, they're kind of huge and Colorado, they're kind of fast. So if Vegas can not come out, you know what I'm saying? If they can get, lay the body out, that's good for them. But the avalanche are very quick. That, that first line is fast and dangerous. I don't want to defend them. You heard, you remember when um, they mic'd up Petrangelo at the, um, the the outdoors the outdoors thing yes I remember he was that. like he was like uh oh and then he got scored on yep uh oh they're scared of him like yeah like I mean like I'm sure they're not that like that anymore but yeah that that team is lethal and their their power play them in Tampa they like you can like you could bet on the power play going in and you would probably be right that's how insane their power play is like. They're they're just unstoppable. Like they just look insane. But I think you know Vegas is going to come running in Game Four. They did in Game Two as well. So it's not like yeah, uh, Game One and Game Two were ridiculous. But yeah, the thing is though, for me, is that if Colorado's first line stays consistent, right, and Grubauer does his thing, then. There's no way. I, I don't see Vegas coming out of it. I, the thing about me with Colorado is and Vegas, they've been, ever since that little Stanley Cup final run, oh, we're a bunch of misfits, they choke and they choke and they choke and they choke and they choke. Colorado's done the same thing. I've had them in my finals for the last, like, three years, and they, 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 they choke. I thought they were going to – I thought they were going to lose second round to Minnesota. I thought Minnesota was going to do a lot better 
than they did. Vegas ran them out of their own building. But Minnesota gave them a run for their money. That is that is that should be scary for Pete DeBoer and the Knights. That yeah. you had a an underrated Minnesota team with a rookie, a rookie. You're letting a rookie run you around. Come on, man. The same thing happened last season. Remember back in the last playoffs where they ran into Thatcher Demko? They forced mm. the game seven, and Vegas just just lucked out. Just mm-hmm. lucked out. I they mean, out. two of their goals were empty netters in that three nothing win in game in game seven. So it was insanely close, and they lucked out and won it. So a fluke team. And then look what yep. happened against Dallas. They ran into Anton Kudobin, and boom, they lost in five. Doby, Doby, not Doby's a beast. We don't, we don't, we don't disrespect Doby around here. Doby's an absolute beast. I wanted to keep him. I wanted to trade Tuka, but well, that's for another time. Okay, Evan. Yeah, let's we'll, get into we'll Winnipeg get and later. But yes, all right, Winnipeg. Montreal and Winnipeg. Currently, the series is two nothing in favor of Montreal. Uh, game three is tomorrow in Montreal with two thousand five hundred fans. What are your thoughts? Sorry, could you repeat that? You you glitched out. Oh, um, so at least we're recording. Well, game two was a one nothing Montreal win, yeah. and now they had the game three being up two nothing. Um, with in Montreal, what are your thoughts? They got the fans back, right? Mm-hmm. Twenty five hundred. Shifley's out. Um, oh my goodness, not this, not good for for Winnipeg, who came in so hot against a overrated Oilers team, in my opinion, but. I mean Montreal. I knew they were. I knew they were dangerous, right? I knew they yeah. were dangerous coming in the playoffs. Never did I think that they would actually make a three to one comeback against Raw. Well, there was a little like part of me in my heart. It was like tucked deep down, like in my soul. Like I didn't want to let it out and believe it. But like day by day, it was coming up. And I'm just like, oh god, Montreal's a threat. Suzuki's looking nice. That yeah. number fifteen dude whose name I can't pronounce. They look nice, and playoff price is doing his thing. Yeah, like awesome. last year with the Penguins and then against the Flyers, I was—I actually thought Montreal could beat the Flyers because of how like lethal they were. And I mean, Hart carried us out of that series. But Absolutely. you know what? I mean, like, let's face it: if they move on against Winnipeg, who are they facing? Colorado, <laughs> yeah. Vegas. Uh, yeah, Colorado or Vegas. I mean. I'm not trying to downgrade their play, but realistically, do we see – I mean, it can happen, It can. but do we see it? We not see, really. I had a vision, and I was like, ooh, Bruins versus Leafs? Nope, Bruins versus Canadians. The last time the the uh, the Canadians and the Leafs played against each other, uh, that team made it to the finals. Or every time they do that in the playoffs, every time they play each other, the team makes it to the finals. Are we going to see the Canadians face the Lightning? Or the Bruins, or say like the Hurricanes. Is this? Do you think that curse is gonna like happen? Because I don't think Winnipeg's gonna come out and like make a comeback, especially with some passionate ass Frenchies in Quebec. When when you got when you you got Montreal fans like in the stands, oh they will not shut up. Oh, they no, will run you out. They will run you out. Like the, the crowd in Game Six was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I loved I loved listening to it. I was like, oh, hockey in Canada's back. This is where you're supposed to be like hockey. Like you don't do hockey in America. Hockey's a Canada thing. Oh yeah, they just yeah. won they just won uh the gold medal against the United States. 
sadness, but whatever. Also, I want to point this out. Winnipeg, Winnipeg is playing a hell of a lot better with the hits than Montreal is. And I think oh, it's yeah. starting to show here with the style of play and the NHL has shifted. These aggressive teams aren't, aren't cutting the chase. I may be wrong when it comes to like the Islanders and the Bruins say the Islanders win with their aggressive style of play. But Winnipeg had 49 hints, hints, hits, <laughs> had 49 hits. Montreal had 20, 20. Yeah. I think that- the way how Winnipeg is going to win this series, it's probably going to be through that physicality. They're going to try and run Montreal down and then win that way. But if they don't, if they don't win Game Three, that's it, over. Because um, if you throw, because here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. If you throw your body, right? If you throw your body and you you take yourself out of the play, like Shifley did, he knew what he was doing. You could have poked that puck away. He knew what that's he was what doing. I said, yeah. No, no one brought that up. That's what I said. Like he had room to do it, and like he wasn't gonna get stop the puck from hitting Evans. He was too far away. But if he dove, maybe he could have reached him. He also could have looked at the clock, and he's like, I've got a minute. Let me just poke this puck away, take it down, and and possibly score. You're the best player on the team now, now that freaking line is gone. But no, you decide to be an angry little wuss bag and knock this guy out on his birthday. Yeah, he had, a, birthday. he had an emotional game, and but that wasn't necessary at all. It was not. But if Winnipeg if Winnipeg's going to try and win this, Come on, you gotta lay. If you lay the body, you're taking yourself out of the play. You're mm-hmm. taking yourself out of play, and you're susceptible to like having to push back, back check, and try and play defense. It's gonna gas you. You can't yep. be doing that. And Montreal's not doing it. And look where where it puts them. Make the hit when it counts. Absolutely. Now what? Yeah. I mean, if Winnipeg's gonna win a game, it has to be this one. It has to be game three. If they don't win game three, that's it. <laughs> they might as well forfeit game four. They might as well be like, eh, it's not worth wasting our breath. We're just going to forfeit, pack up our bags and go golf. I can't, wait. I can't wait to see this. If they lose, if they lose game three, I'm just, <laughs> I, I hope it's, I hope they lose in a blowout. I love Connor Hellebuck, but if they lose in a blowout because they let their emotions run wild, you can't let your emotions run in a playoff series. You can't. Mm-hmm. So if they let their emotions run wild and like Cole Caulfield just goes like toe drags and just like snipes one while you're too busy, like fiddling around with like Pierre-Luc Dubois, stop trying to draw penalties. You're going to lose. Yep. And that's the other thing too. Pierre-Luc Dubois, I feel like he's injured because you think so? three he's looking sh- slow. two or three shots on net in the entire playoffs. Four hits. Last last night, actually. yeah. Does he have an ass- He doesn't have an assist in the whole entire playoffs. I don't think. Uh I cannot tell you right away. I could not tell you right away. He. I don't know if he does. I haven't looked. Pierre. Here, let me beat you to it. Pierre Luc Dubois. Pierre Luc Dubois. Click on him. Okay, so let's let's look at his let's look at his stats. Last five games, he has one assist. Okay, actually, so he has three assists. Three assists. Total. No goals. No goals. That that's that for a guy like Pierre Luc no Dubois. Pierre Luc Dubois. That's a problem. Clear problem. Okay, so moving on now, we are going to move on to the draft lottery. We're just going to discuss it a little bit. 
Uh, we probably don't have much time. The Zoom meeting's probably going to want to kick us out because fire. They don't like us. Make us pay like twenty bucks. Like I, I'm a I'm a fourteen year old kid. I can't afford that. <laughs> um. So on what what was it Tuesday? Um. The draft lottery results came out. Oh no, Wednesday. Wait, what day is it? When Wednesday. Someday this week. Someday this week. Last week the draft lottery announcements came out. Uh, first overall is the Buffalo Sabers. We know how bad they are. Uh, second overall is the Seattle Kraken expansion team. They're not bad yet. Rigged, rigged. They haven't even. Played the, they have one player on their team. They're trying to rig it for Seattle. I tell you, they're a good market. That Vegas, new stadium's gonna look nice. Vegas picked like thirteenth though. So. Yeah, because they didn't get they didn't get all those great players. That's why. Yeah. True. Uh, number so three. Go oh, continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh. Okay. Number three is the Anaheim Ducks. Number four is the New Jersey Devils. And number five is the Columbus Blue Jackets. First off, the Devils better pick Luke Hughes or I'm going to lose my mind. Ooh. The if, Hughes brothers. If someone picks Luke Hughes before him, I will hate that team. Ooh. I don't care if it's Seattle. That's like just, no, unacceptable. Is he a, is he a winger, a center, defenseman? I have to look that up. I think he's a I think. If Luke Hughes is a center, then I don't think the Devils need him. The Devils need defense for sure. He might be a defenseman. Because sure. they lost um I forget his I forget his name, but they lost an important piece. I liked him too. He was actually a very good defender, especially when he played against the Bruins. But the Devils for sure need defense. So I mean, unless Luke Hughes He is an offensive defenseman. Offensive defenseman? Yep. Pick him up. So that, that could work, definitely. But first overall for the Sabres, probably going to be Owen Power. Um, yeah, who is, this, who is this power kid? They say it's not – all right, general manager Kevin Adams. Da, 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 da. No, describe the guy. All right, go ahead. What do you think of Owen Power? Well, I just – well, tomorrow I'm making a prospect preview for him on YouTube um, Sunday. Oh, okay. So he was born November, two, November 2nd, 2002. He's a defenseman. He's ranked number one on pretty much everything. There's a couple of things where it's like sixth and fourth and ninth, but he's ranked number one by Bob McKenzie, who's like the draft overlord. <laughs> so, um, and in um, this season with the New University of Michigan, he played 26 games, three goals, 13 assists for six points. I think he's, he's a great defenseman defensively from his highlights, but he can also pass and score goals. Um, consistently Ooh. and yeah, imagine good. him with Rasmus Dahlin well are we sure the Sabres aren't just gonna blow it up and then he's just gonna be sitting with a bunch of nobodies are we sure that's gonna well, I, just I'm just saying will they blow it up or will they maybe not? well what what is there to blow up though <laughs> oh yeah you got a point well, whoever's <laughs> what on is there, there to blow up besides Andres Bjork Andres Bjork actually oh. some kid people are saying Eichel to the Kings nah screw that anyways here's what I'm reading from uh Adam, what's his face? Adam Kil Kimmelin from the NHL. He says, his skating and hockey instincts should help him acclimate quickly to the pace of the NHL. He scored 16 points, as you mentioned, three goals, 13 assists, and 26 NCAA games for Michigan. And he has three, three assists while averaging 17 minutes and 52 seconds of ice time in seven games for Canada at the 2021 IAHF World Championship. A big presence. Big presence. Yeah, he's 6'5". Victor Hedman, of with good vision and strength, who has the look of a first-pair NHL defenseman. The 18-year-old led Mich Michigan with 
40 block shots in 26 games, was plus 18 and scored two power play. 40 block shots. Yes. Buffalo better not screw this guy up. They better. Oh, better not. Definitely not. If they screw this guy up, then that's it. This kid's the next Victor Hedman. I, he sounds like that. He's, yeah, he, he he'll be able to acclimate quickly to the pace of the NHL. Who does that? Who who's quick and huge in the NHL on defense? Victor Hedman. Exactly. That is ge- that is generational. And if you screw that up, oh my God, Buffalo! I will hate you for the rest of eternity. Yeah, this guy is going to be, and especially you add him to the prospects pool and the Sabers like Dylan Cousins. Uh, who else is there? Um, middle Jackson, stat. Middle stat. I like that middle stat kid. And I mean, if you can keep Lena Schulmark, which maybe they can, and if you can somehow keep Jack Eichel and maybe a couple more guys, try and get rid of a few people um, who are who haven't worked out. Change the culture because they have talent there. They just got to change the attitude. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can turn this team around and maybe this team can be a playoff team in like maybe another year. Three years, I'm giving them. Three years, probably. And they'll probably mess it up again somehow. But you know what? I'll leave it at that. <laughs> they'll win the first 20 games, and then they'll go from there. Yeah, they'll, be like, they'll lose 60 in a row. Like, nah, we're good. So the next guy I got on my list, I don't know who you have on your list. I got Matthew Bernier. Bernier's – I don't, I don't know how the Canadians – Bernier's. I'm just going to call him Bernier's. Uh, should become a fan favorite quickly in Seattle because of how hard he plays in all areas of the ice. He's an outstanding skater who is as relentless on the forecheck as he is on the backcheck. Effort. You want that. Mm-hmm. He, he was a key piece for the United States winning the 2021 IAHF World Junior Championship as the youngest player on the roster. Age, three-year contract. He'll probably – how old is he? Look him up how old he is. He, he was the youngest player on the roster. And he's hasn't looked – he's what? He can't be that old. Yeah, because if he was the youngest player on the World Junior Championship, World Juniors, you have to be like 19 years old. And he's also from Michigan. Oh, wow. Powers yeah. and Bernier. Bernie, Bernier's from Is Michigan. Is B-E-N-I-E-R-S? B-E-N-I-E-R-S. Yeah, that's the guy that I was. So I haven't wrote any other guys down. I've only made the preview for Owen Power. I got you. There's Beneers there. There's Luke Hughes. There's someone in between him. All right, I'm looking it up right now. Just loaded. Dylan Gunther. He's eight years old. Eight years old. 18 18? years old. 18? Dude. Okay, so if if he's 18 years old, he plays hard. He's probably 17 in the championship, though. This kid's young. Mm-hmm. He's an outstanding skater. I already said that. Um, he scored 24 points, 10 goals, 14 assists in 24 games. So he's literally averaging a point a game. In his first college season, first college season, Evan. And led first-time NHL draft-eligible NCAA players in goals, goals per game, and shots on goal per game. He stood out as a second-line center for the U.S. at the WJC, scoring three points, one goal, two assists, killing penalties. You need that. This kid seems like he's your all-around player and averaging 17 minutes of ice time in seven games. I think he's a, I think he's a 
he sounds to me like he's this he's this all around kid. Quick yeah. has the energy to go back and forth, a penalty killer, and he has the most goals in the NCAA. Evan, this kid is amazing. Yeah. I one, 175. I mean, wow. if look, I'm not saying that Buff, I mean, I'm not saying that they, hmm. I mean, Second. if Buffalo wanted to select Veneers instead of Owen Power, wouldn't be a terrible idea, but I think they'll select Power. Yeah, they'll probably select defense. They need to go defense, considering uh, what's his face. All of them probably want to leave, so you might want to start over at that, that spot. So Anaheim at three. They got Anaheim taking Dylan Gunther, right wing from Edmonton in the WHL. And the Ducks were last this season. They got the third overall pick. Fleeced. It's horrible. It's okay. Detroit got sixth. So. Oh, what? Yeah, they keep getting oh yeah, again. Bro, well, well, who wants to? Well, I mean, the Detroit Red Wings are awesome to watch when they're good, but like, you got to give them a higher pick. So. Yeah. You want to hear this. Adding arguably, Gunther is the most dynamic offensive player available. Makes sense. Gunther, six foot one, 175 pounds, just like our guy before. Averaged two points per game in the Western Hockey League, 24 points in 12 games. Yeah. What? So he he averaged literally double of what this other kid averaged. Oh, obviously in 12 games is less, but like 24 points. Is the WHL even like, is this kid even made for the WHL? He looks like he's ready. He can use a hard, accurate shot to score from anywhere in the offensive zone. A left shot. Oh, wait, no, that's just somebody else. What do you think of that? A hard, accurate shot averaging two points per game. I think that if you combine that guy with guys like Comtois, um, Zegras, what position is he? Is he a right wing? Zegras is center, right? Zegras, Comtois is a center. I think Zegras might be left wing. They'll figure it out. They'll put him on the same line. Yeah, but that line will be lethal. And you, then you have Drysdale on the back end, too. I like the I like the sound of him. I really do. We're back. Our parents keep interrupting us. So, um, anyways, Mark, Marcus will move on to the Devils. And who do, they sele- who do they select in the mock draft? I think, as you said, Luke Hughes, you need that brother. You need that brotherly love. Okay. Not only that, not only that, this article says Luke Hughes could have a chance to join his brother, Jack with the devils. Luke is a great skater capable of playing a smart defensive game with good poise and reads. He scored 34 points, six goals, 20 assists. He's a defenseman. He's not going to score as much. He had 68 shots on goal and was plus 11 in 38 games for the USA national hockey team development program under 18 he lacerated a tendon in his foot from a skate march 7th but has started skating since uh i hope that's not bad but sounds like a great guy he's yeah. six foot two, 184 big size not bad big size for that blue line it'll be great and they need the they need the they need the speed because suban's suban's a freaking walking old man he's just shadow of his former self mm-hmm. and the devils looked a lot better this year in general they're oh, a scary yeah. team and like guys that were completely unknown to me i didn't even know sharon govich was a person <laughs> look at him i love him 
And then you have that Kuwakinen guy. And then not to mention you have Heischer. And then who did they draft in last year's? They drafted high, decently high, right? Uh, they had like a they had a late, they had like a middle pick, and then they had I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I could not hold on. New yeah, I remember this. like they selected like 16th or 17th. And they selected some Jaeger person. I don't think it was Sharon Govich, though. List of New Jersey Devils draft picks. Uh, no, not 1982. Let's go down the line all the way to 2020. Uh, you're looking at Alexander Holtz? Yeah, Holtz. That's him. So, yeah. Alexander Holtz. Holtz to that, too. I think he's, a, I think he's offense. Holtz and, is a right wing. Yeah. And Mackenzie Blackwood on the – on the back oh my end. god, that guy's awesome! I can't wait to see what he's got for us next year. I'm tired of these goalies, like, you know, I'm tired Carter Hart, especially in Bennington. They're one year wonders. I don't want one year wonders. I want goalies I can look up to. Yeah, goalies, same. goalies to look up to. We got, I mean, and Blackwood was definitely top ten this year for sure. So the Devils, everything's looking bright. Everything's turned up Melhouse over there. And then fifth overall is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Honestly, they could use anything, literally anything. But you know what? Maybe it's not even worth selecting someone. Maybe in a couple of years, they're going to want to be gone anyways. So Blow it up. Blow it they, up. Who are they selecting? Is it? There's two guys they could go Clark, with. Frank there's Clark two, or like Wallstead or? There's two guys they could go for. And I'm thinking with Seth Jones being gone, there's a dude named Simon Edvin. Yes. Him. I forgot about him. From Sweden, junior hockey team. And here's what it says for him. His outstanding blend of size and skills and smarts is reminiscent of Blue Jackets defenseman Seth Jones, who is definitely going to leave. His skating is effective in getting pucks out of his zone, and he is elusive with it, creating offensive chances for himself and his teammates. Not bad. Not really much information from there, but... Yeah. I don't think, um, I don't think that team played this season though what do you mean what team um the team that he's on or did they on simone edvinson elite prospects let's go let's dig a little deeper into my boy simone a little deeper all right so he's 18 six foot five so he's like going power in that height yep 207 pounds shoots lefty he's from the he's from some some king's team uh, some comments about him. He defends well with his reach, maintains a strong gap control, and is slippery when controlling the puck. You want slippery guys on the defensive end. You can, you can, you know, do a little, little, little toe drag and then like a one timer and then like you score. You need mm-hmm. guys like that. I mean, they could. You're right. They could take anybody at this point. But I mean, Varensky and him would look good together. But Blue Jackets are gonna blow it up. So you're going into a bad situation there. Did he? Did that team play this season? Because if it didn't, then that explains why there's no stats. There's no, there's no stats on any of the websites I'm looking at them on. So tough, but I mean, there's good, there's good, there's good talk about him. Right? Oh yeah. And then even if you don't want to select him, you have Brant Clark, who is also a defenseman. Mm-hmm. You have goaltender Jesper Wallstead, who I think is probably. Um, I think him and Askarov are probably the two best goalie prospects in the NA, in the systems right now. So, Absolutely. you know, we'll see what happens. I think Columbus can really select anyone. You want to, you want to go on to, uh, you want to go on through pick 10 or should we, uh, should we stop at five? 
We can go to pick 10. Why not? We have time. Let's go to pick. Yeah, we got time. Man, we got loads of time. Let's do it. Bruins game starts in 15 minutes. I don't know if you want to miss that. Or not 15 minutes. Don't worry about it. Detroit. Now, it says here Detroit, they'll take a tendy. And you were talking about him. Jesper Walsh. What do you think of the kid? You, You speak highly of him. Um, I think he's going to be a good goalie. I'm, I'm always interested in the goalies. Um, like Yaroslav Askarov last year, I had a literal, and then Swayman and, you know, Vladar and the Bruins. I had a meltdown when like every single player passed, every single team passed on Askarov and he ended up going to Nashville. I'm like, when Buffalo passed on him, I got so angry. I was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, they and I think Cole Perfetti was available too. And I think Holtz was available as well. Or no, um, Rossi was available as well. Like, <clears throat> and you're pulling your hair. You're like, take this guy. I, I'm not even a Sabres fan. And I was like, I, if you look at the live stream on the channel, I was raging. Like, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, back to Wallstead. I think he's going to be, in, maybe not in a couple of years, probably a at least a backup goaltender. And he'll be a you know, a back of goalie you can rely on, too, at that. Detroit's rebuild shouldn't take long, in my opinion, because Iserman, I think he's great when it comes to looking at talent. I mean, it's Steve Iserman, bro. He mm-hmm. took – he fleeced the Caps for Verona. And who else was it? It was Verona and someone else. Verona but, and Ponick. Bro, though, I was like, those two are awesome bench players. I don't want to play against the Capitals. Then they trade him for Anthony Mantha. I'm like – Two for one. What are you doing? I mean, Ponic is Ponic, awesome. Ponic is like a bottom six guy. And even even sometimes he's a fill-in. Yeah, it was that but, depth, though. They lost depth. Yeah. Detroit in, the, in Detroit, in Detroit, there's, I mean, like, there's a lot more depth in Washington than there is in Detroit. So Detroit. Ponic's going to get fourth-line minutes already. And you, who knows? Iserman can turn these people into Super superstars. Nice. So... Yeah, I think that, you know, that trade is going to look good in Detroit's favor, and they're very smart, insanely smart. To add on to your comments about Wallstead, they say, Wallstead has a calm, controlled style, tracks pucks well, and already has experience playing in the top league. He played He played for Sweden. Yeah. So he looks good. They say, um, also, I'm looking, I'm looking through the websites here. I'm flipping through. Um. For a draft eligible that's unheard of down the line, this guy could be the steal of the draft. I mean, Detroit will take any tendy at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But goalies, finding goalies in the NHL, it's not that easy these days. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, through the through the draft, it's hard. Like You have to be, you have to be locked on this guy if uh-huh. you want a goaltender. And if they're saying this guy's the steal of the draft, take us in. I mean, like, the, the past three years, you know, you've had a goalie that was at least a lockup, like Spencer Knight 2019, Askarov 2020, and this year Wallstead. But, like, some years, I can't even think of a goalie next year that's going to be an actual goalie. And I can think of a lot of players in next year's draft. But, like, yeah, I think that if you want to pick a goalie that's going to be, you know, your future, you have to pick Wallstead. Cause you you got to give him a good situation, too. Mm-hmm. You don't know when you're going to get a goalie as good as him again. Nope. Uh, number seven. I can't remember who that is. San Jose. Sharks. 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 What Some did call. you do, Some San Jose? San Jose was on the brink. 
they were this close to a Stanley Cup so many times. Pavelski left and that killed him. They need a trade. I say they need a trade. Listen, Carlson, Burns are all still valuable, okay? They're all still valuable guys. You give them to these other teams for picks, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be so bad. Take it, start it from the bottom, all right? You that need to start be from the smart, bottom. In fact. Like Carlson's, Carlson's out of whack, and you put him on like a, a contending team, he'll probably fit in on the third line. But like Burns and Carlson, like they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Carlson be there especially, anymore. he's talked vocally about like, I've been through this for like eight years in Ottawa. I'm like, well, stay mad. Yeah, you requested a trade, and then you yeah. went to San Jose and sucked. You're bad Anyways, luster. They say Kent Johnson should be the pick. Michigan. Michigan. We're seeing a lot of Michigan right now. A lot of Michigan. So, Kent Johnson, an offensive sniper who plays with pace, skill, and creativity. Johnson, six foot one, 167 pounds, thrived at the left wing this season, scoring 27 goals, 9 goals, 18 assists in the NCAA in 26 games. He led the first-time NHL draft-eligible NCAA players in assists, points, and points per game. An offensive sniper. Sniper. Yeah. Get some goals on this kid. Mm-hmm. And then okay. you got him and Weisblatt. That could be a good pick. And then, obviously, the Sharks don't need goaltending. You want to know why? They have the GOAT, Magnus Corona from the University oh, yeah. of Denver. <laughs> I will. The absolute GOAT. I've never seen this guy play a single game. I just heard his name and I stand him. Is that the word? You stand somebody like you support him? Yep. I stand Magnus Krona. On to the Kings, the crosstown rival. There are two options here, and they are already saying that Los Angeles should take two guys we've already talked about. And we've already talked about Kent Johnson. What the hell are we doing here, people? Right. Did we already did we already talk about Kent Johnson? We did, yeah. We just talked about him. Can somebody make a mock draft where the Kings are going to pick someone who's not? Who do, who do you think the Kings should pick? Do you got a list? I don't have a list. I can find. I one. need to get a list. Get me a list. Go- I need to go back to my Instagram story. Oh, I'm panicking. Mock draft. I'm panicking. Um. Well, there's Brant Clark. Okay, here we go. William Eklund. We just talked about. Him. Oh, we just did. we just talked about William Eklund. Yes, we did. We already talked about Eklund. Where did he go? Where 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 is he gonna get selected? Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Eklund's gonna go to the well they they said he should go to the Sharks too. Uh Columbus. No. Okay. A2 Ratty. What'd you say? There's A2 Ratty, like a solid center. Columbus is A2 Ratty. I'm panicking. I can't find a person who's like, listen, they said in general. This draft was very deep. So any of these guys in the first round, I mean, from what I've heard, it's a deep draft. So, like, I mean, Boston could get another, like, mm-hmm. Bergeron or Poshnok. We can't – the thing about Boston, let me rant a little. Boston doesn't draft talent. They draft grit. Bad. Trent Frederick is grit. And De- don't even get me started on DeBrusque. You need to have, like, both. Well, all right, I don't know any prospects. I don't, even, I don't know any prospects because we've run out of – they're already, like, yeah. giving away options. But what do you think the Kings need in that case? The Kings probably need um, maybe a center or maybe a little – well, maybe some blue liner, maybe find a blue liner like Brant Clark. 
I'm looking goaltender, in my opinion. That's a I'm good looking that's goaltender because Quick's old. As and, much as we all we all envy Jonathan Quick, he's getting old, Nordic. Mm-hmm. And then there's Cal Peterson, who mm, I'm not too sure about him. They're all saying all these mock drafts are saying that you need to take Brant Clark about like um defense, right wing, Kent Johnson. I think you need a goaltender, honestly. And this is this may yeah. be a hot take. And I'm new to like looking at NHL draft lotteries because the Bruins are never in the lottery, so I could give a damn less who we choose. Okay, but the Celtics are always in the draft lottery. I think Los Angeles needs a goalie. You got an old goaltender in Jonathan Quick. Your team is not going anywhere. Mm. You you are at the bottom of the pit. You're a fish in the barrel and you can't get out. Yep. Got to got to get a good goaltender, who who you you believe, maybe trade up for um the Red Wings dude we were talking about potentially, or if the Red Wings go for someone else and the Sharks don't go for him, maybe. But that's a that's by a long shot. I think Iserman's probably thinking what everyone is what everyone is thinking. So I think you need to go goaltending though. But Vancouver, the ninth pick. Um, Vancouver, who do you got? They got what do you think they need? Pools. I think they probably need a defenseman. I'll give you that because you got Besser, you got Patterson, you lost to Foley. I was mad about that. I was hyped for the Canucks to do something. I was like, yo, Toffoli's on the team. They're going to look pretty nice and they're going to be a Stanley Cup contending team. Nope, Toffoli left. So they kind of screwed him. Yeah, but, you have Quinn Hughes and who else on that blue line? Brandon McNabb. <laughs> That's probably the second only person I can think of that's on that blue line. I think they need – I mean, Hopi, Hopi's going to be Hopi. I think it was just a down season for him. But you're probably going to have to go for defense if Hopi had a down season. Hopi probably going to Seattle. Ooh. And, and then they do Demco, Seattle, right? They do Demco. Yeah. I like Demko it. Be protected. Yeah, because he, he signed, what, a five-year deal, did he? Mm-hmm. I feel like he signed a five-year deal. So, yeah, no, there's no way they're not locking up. Seattle can have his contract. Goodbye, Holpe. Yep. Don't want you. And then you got – there's a guy named Rick DiPietro down in the minors who's looking like a legitimate goalie uh, for – I think it's Pietro. Utica. His but name they, is DiPietro? Yeah, like Rick DiPietro. I like that Rick, name. Rick DiPietro. 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 That is, that is a marketable name. That is a marketable name that I want to hear when the Canucks are back in the playoffs and they're a powerhouse. And then we're going to say, who's in net? Nick DiPietro. We don't know anything yep. about him. I just like his name. Yep. So, you better uh, hope that um, better hope that he'll be goes to Seattle. Yeah, say sayonara. Uh, speaking of which, the Ottawa Senators, not speaking of which at all. Ottawa. Now, listen, James is the only guy who's going to slander us if we say a certain person. Because there's nobody else in the universe who cheers for the Ottawa Senators. Nope. I know and one other person, but yeah. Who do you think who do you think they'll take? I got a guy on my list right here that I actually like think they could take. Like seriously, I did some research myself. Someone who hasn't we haven't talked about yet. Yep. His name is Matthew Coronado, right wing Chicago in the USHL. Coronado, five foot ten, 183 pounds, was a dominant offensive force who blended Top end goal scoring, strong skating, and a physical approach sim- similar to United States Hockey Hall of Fame forward John LeClaire. He led the United States Hockey League 
with 48 goals in 51 games. That's not that. That's a little margin. He scored 13 point. Wait, hold on. Yeah, 48 goals in 51 games and the league. Wait, screw it, screw it. 48 goals, 51 games. Your that alone is insane. Your thoughts on the kid? Um, I think that could work. What position is he? Right wing. Yes. That Ottawa could... can take anybody. What, you have Stutzel, Pinto, Norris. Um, Who else? Shabbat on the back end, defense. It wouldn't be Ottawa bad if they took offense. a goalie, though. If... Yeah, true. If maybe Wallstead somehow drops because goalies do tend to drop in the sure. draft. But I think it would make sense if you know that guy does go. But I think if any think if there's anyone else that they could take, probably a goalie. But yeah, because because listen, here's the thing. I think GMs overlook overlook like the talent of goaltenders. And Matt Murray sucked this year. We all know he sucked. We all thought Matt Murray was gonna be this nice. Stanley Cup contending goaltender and Pittsburgh, he screwed up. You gave up Mark Andre Fleury, and he is in the second round. And where's Matt Murray? In the dumps. In the dumps. Well, you made a good move getting rid of him, but who do you have left? Swiss cheese Tristan Jari, and he look who Ottawa different. has a chance to take, Jesper Wallstead. Mm-hmm. If he falls, if he falls from the grasp of the Detroit Red Wings. Now we don't know any of these picks could like switch around. We, we couldn't be right at all. Norton. Yeah. Things could change. And the draft is in a month. So things can change. Things can change between now and then. We, I mean, we could see, we could see. Here's the thing. If all Mark leaves the Sabres, Wallstead could be taken. No, that's an overstatement. There's no way you take a goalie first overall. Actually, there's been instances where, never mind. Second Kraken. Who are they? Who? Who are they going to take a goalie? Hopi? Screw him. Wallstead. Yep. Could happen. Ducks. Gibson's getting old. Wallstead. New Jersey. Don't need him. Nope. We all know why. Columbus. Are we really high on... Um, um, Merzlikens or Corpusalo? One of them is going. One of them? Yeah, one of them is going into the, the expansion draft. But I think... I'm, I'm high on no, both I think they're both I think exempt. This, I think they're going to yeah. trade one of them. Yeah, but I'm going to be honest, at the same time, they're both, like, I think reliable. We're just going to go on the word reliable for me. Mm-hmm. I think they're both reliable. Detroit, probably going to take them. You never know. San Jose, they got Magnus Corona. They have no nothing to worry about. Los Angeles, probably. Probably. But, but they they're high. The thing is, is that these GMs are so high, they're like, oh, we can't, we can't, like, I mean, like, high on their veterans. Oh, we can't give up our veterans. Trade quick to a contender, get a nice little pick for them. Yeah. And maybe some depth. Vancouver. No. Not gonna. So. They got Demko. They're fine. Yeah. And then they got that Di Pietro. Mm-hmm. Di Pietro, bro. Mm-hmm. And then through the rest of the draft, where are the Bruins? Are the Bruins even? Nope, they haven't announced the Bruins pick yet. Awesome. Once again, you don't care. Good job, Don Sweeney. It's okay. Philadelphia's 13th, and we're not going to make a good pick. No, I think here's the thing about Boston. If I may make a final statement, we'll make final statements statements about a team. All right, we'll do that. For the Bruins, you got to draft some talent. This draft is deep from what they say. Get a nice, get a nice little defenseman, you know, get someone who's quick, maybe a little bit. 
knocks somebody out. Also, for those of you who give a damn, Tenorti's playing tonight. Jared Tenorti, six foot yeah. six, two hundred pounds. Lay the body. I was saying for Boston, lay the body. Nordic, any final takes? Um, also, by the way, Varlamov starting for the Islanders. I don't know if you don't care about. Well, you probably <laughs> Jesus. But anyways, um, going back to the draft with Philadelphia, um, they need to pick a defenseman, or else I will yeah. lose my mind. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, yes, they have Cam York coming up in the system, and you know, and you Far- have Farabee's Farabee's like my favorite like young guy ever. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, a true fact. I love Joel Farabee with a passion. I'm in love. Oh, me too. Absolutely. I remember when he got drafted. I, I tell this to everyone. I remember when he got drafted. I was like, that guy is going to be something. He I, is I, something. I, I don't know why. I just had a little bit of a tiny piece in my heart that was like, Joel Farabee. He seems like he's he about to be a pro player. But, yeah, they definitely need to select a defenseman. That's That's what I'll leave it at. Yeah, because you got to protect Carter Hart. And if you can't protect Carter Hart, I just want to remind everybody that um, Joel Farabee had 20 goals, 18 assists, and he's only 21. Yep, he had more goals than Taylor Hall, uh, more goals than Andrei Sveshnikov, more goals than – who's another really? guy he had more goals than? Eichel. Kucherov. Kucherov oh, sat yeah. because of Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay, I hate him. All right, uh, we leaving it off at that. Um, do you have anything else? I'm good. Uh, keep your stick on the ice. No, that's Troy dancing. Go Bruins. And um, any predictions on the game before I end this? Uh, predictions? All right. So if the Bruins win, it's going to be a one-goal game. If the Islanders win, it's going to be a blowout. I say if the Islanders win, it's going to be like three to one. If the Bruins win, it's going to be like one nothing. It's going to be one nothing. It's going to be like me doing this. <gasps> like I'm going to be scared. So. Okay. All hopefully, right. hopefully the Bruins win tonight and we do oh, what we do at TD. All right. That's it, baby. First episode's a W. Yep. Let's go. Thank you, everyone who is watching, and I'll see you in the next one. Adios.